Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement. People who are committed to and who show planetary leadership. My name is Julian Gurdjieff, and I'm hosting an interview with Deidre Siriani. Deidre is a TEDx speaker, accelerated evolution guide, and activator of truth. She is the founder of Radically Aligned Life and is an accelerated evolution guide who believes the foundation of everything comes down to living in alignment with your purpose and truth. And we speak about purpose and truth regularly on this show. So with these words, welcome to the show, Deidre. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. I'm stoked to be here. Yes, I can't wait for where our conversation takes us. You know, I talk about planetary purpose often, but I want to start with, with understanding more about your work and... Um, what do you reckon the world needs most right now in times of shift, in times of change, in times of evolution, in this accelerated timeline we're in? Mm-hmm. Good question. I believe that what we need most right now is people to step into a space of leadership. And also for leaders that are leading to really do the inner work and clean it up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because the truth is, um, there's a lot of people who have a really great message to share in the world or have really great perspective, and um, there's something in the way. It could be fear. It could be um, the you know thoughts that I'm not enough or who's going to listen. And it's interesting because as we're coming into this big shift right now, there's a lot of people who are very evolved, who are doing the work, who are great leaders in their communities, but when something is so normal to us, when we're already great at something like our purpose, oftentimes we downplay the impact that we can have. So to answer your question, what the world needs more of right now is for the leaders to step into a space of leadership and to share their voice on different platforms. And then for those who are in a space of leadership already to clean up, to clean up the internal space, because um, there's a lot of yucky things that are I'm seeing online and I have been, and I'm an observer. So I'm an observer. And then through the observation I share and my messages are more universal truths and getting everyone to have some sort of insight or learning within themselves of how they're showing up and also how we all together can be better leaders. Mm. So, um, online, there's been a lot of shaming. There's been a lot of like, this is how things are. This is how things are. And that's cool. Like left wing, right wing. But the truth is, um, as one of my mentors says, the left wing and the right wing are a part of the same bird. So I like to be in the center of the bird and say, Hey guys, like we should pay attention to this. We should pay attention to this. And, and we should speak from a space of a universal truth rather than being in our, in our, in our smallness. Hmm. I love where where you're going right off the bat here, because I think leadership is vitally important on a global scale, like socioeconomically or sociopolitically speaking, there's a lot of poor leadership being displayed. And then online as well, like we're, um, and I think we've all been there either observing it or in the middle of it, where it's like conversations turn really fast into silos of opinions where people just like to hear their own opinion be reflected back. But really, we know we learn only when we dare to go out of the comfort zone, when we dare to adopt an opinion from another part of, you know, the same bird in that sense. And so, yeah, it's, it's literally the time now for more people to step into, you know, a guided form of leadership. And so let's, let's unpack this fully and, and go deeper into it. Maybe we can know a little bit more about your, yourself first and, um, you know, 
I think adversity is something everybody can relate with and adversity is something all of us have to face in one way or another. If you were to pick something in your life story, like where you went from adversity to freedom and how that mm. impacts the way you are and your being and you're showing up now. Wow, that's, that's, a, that, that's a great question because we all have things that we're facing and, and we're overcoming. Um, so for me, there's, uh, wow, there's a lot there. Where do we begin? Uh, I would say when I was younger, I, I struggled with just being <laughs> a kid, you know, <laughs> and I had this, um, way of being where I lived a bit of a dual life at a young age. And it sounds kind of funny, but it's, it's the truth. Like I grew up with someone who um, had an addiction. And so um, because of my, the dynamic I had at a young age of living with someone with an addiction, I got really good at putting on a smile and pretending everything was great all the time. And, you know, uh, if I look back on it now for most of my life, I was very one layered. I was like, everything is great. Good vibes only. That's who I am. And so most of my life continued that and I got good at checking things off the list and doing things from the outside looking in that seemed like the right things to do. <laughs> and people thought I was the happiest person they knew until I had multiple wake-up calls. And this was my universe, my body speaking to me. So I believe, and one of the things that I help other people understand deeper about themselves is universal signs with your body, with the universe, with people and all of that and listening. Because when we listen, we can actually make it easy rather than taking the path of most resistance, which is where often we can wear this badge of honor of, oh, I've put all this time and energy into this thing. So I deserve it, which goes back to imaginary rules that we make up. I can only be happy if, or when I do this, then I can have that or whatever the stories are, which all humans have. And so um, in my life with uh, growing up with someone with an addiction, starting to live a dual life, going home, having a lot of um, uncertainties there, and then having to be super certain in my life and, and show up with confidence and, and strength and that one layered happiness. Um, everything came crashing down um, in my marriage, actually. I was um, married and I was not listening to myself. I was in a relationship where the person was a perfect mirror for me not to be myself or to have other layers of emotions. And I developed um, autoimmune disease. I had depression to the point of having a vision of killing myself. Um, those weren't my wake-up calls. Um, I had social anxiety, even though I was in front of multiple people every day. And, um, I was, you know, the, the social, the social butterfly, but I didn't, I had a really difficult time being with myself. So I distracted with work. I distracted with projects. And I think this is something that a lot of people face and, and totally. it's a, yeah. And it's, it's the quick fixes, right. Um, uh, that we do, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be relationships. We can get addicted to a relationship. We can get addicted to maybe what we look like, fitness, food, um, drugs, alcohol, all the things for me, it was, it was work because I, I was chasing this, um, illusion of what I thought happiness was, um, because I was showing everyone I was happy and I'm like, Oh, I'm chasing this goal. And then I'd reach the goal and I'd be like, is this it? Is this really like what uh, success is supposed to feel like? So 
my wake up call was me losing a chunk of hair. And um, it may sound like no big deal, like, oh, you lost a chunk of hair. Don't girls lose hair all the time? But I'm talking about like a huge chunk of hair the size of a toonie. And if you're from Canada, you know what that is. If you don't, yeah. well, look it up. It, <laughs> so it's, it's a big, big coin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big coin. And so yeah. I lost a chunk of hair on the top of my head and I had a bald spot. And um, at this point in my life, I ran a wellness business. Uh, people came to me for lots of different um, healing work and I wasn't listening to myself. <laughs> and um, that was my wake up call because I went to the doctor. The doctor said, you're going to lose probably all of your hair. And um, at this time in my life, my hair was like, I really cared about what I looked like from the outside looking in. So you can imagine it wasn't a pretty scene. <laughs> that would be a massive wake up call. And some, you know, even though it, these wake up calls and adversities are uniquely tailored to our life. And so yeah. everyone would have another place where they resonate. But what it shows us is that when we don't listen to this deeper voice, for some it comes earlier, for some it comes later it's really hard to be in a, a space of authentic leadership. And I think this is really reflective of the state of the world in, in many ways. When we look at um, both work, I think work is a like, you know, uh, an addiction that's very tolerated and the same for just this social media high, like the way of being a keyboard warrior, getting a dopamine rush that actually deep down, we all know we've had these experiences. Everyone listening can relate in some way, mm -hmm. shape or form that they, they know this kind of experience. And so moving out of that into a more, yeah, like authentic place where we can, as you said, like deeply listen to our inner voice. What was the next step for you? Like, how did that turn from, from that adversity, from that clarity, from your body being like, wake up to all the way now where you realize you're actually called to lead some of the leaders to actually have learned so much from looking into this, um, yeah, into that reflection of yourself that, that on the other side, you, you gain quite a bit of insights, the wisdom, and also the calm to, to share authentic steps of leadership. Mm -hmm. Love that. So my wake up call was losing a chunk of hair, being told I was going to lose all of my hair. And I also got a voice, a message from my soul that said, if you continue down this road, you're going to get cancer and die. And it was very clear. It was very clear that this was going to happen within a year if I didn't change life. And so I had a choice to make, continue down the path that I was on, which I think a lot of us, um, we have these moments in time where we can continue down the path we're on um, until it makes us sick or we lose what we really want in our life or whatever that is. And so I decided in that moment that no, this was not going to be my story, that this was not it. And it was time to listen. So it brought me down a path of deep healing. And uh, really, when I look at it, dissolving the illusions of who I am not. And that was from working with shamans and going down that, that route, having different mentors and, and really having people who could guide me to delayer everything that I had attached to in my life that I thought was me. We can say it's my personality, which is, you know, our belief systems, our past, our behaviors, our patterns, our habits, all that stuff. And really asking myself, who am I? Mm -hmm. Right. And so when I asked myself, who am I? And I got to the core of my being, which really had to do with removing everything I was not, I realized, oh, 
I am a leader. I am someone who is here to help people awaken as well. And then through that, just naturally stepping into it. And that's when I started the business that I'm now in of being a guide for people. And it was the path of least resistance. And that's my purpose. And the work I was in before, I was great at. I got external validation, whatever for it, but I had a feeling that this isn't quite it. And this is really the gateway to being aligned and being a great leader is to ask yourself those deeper questions of who am I not? Who am I? And if you're asking yourself, is this it? It probably isn't it. And it's time to go deeper with your soul's purpose. Yeah, beautifully put. When we talk about soul's purpose, we, I think what is really clear is that it's not like an external, um, you know, like measurable metric of, oh, I'm going to build this business and make a million dollars. That's my purpose. But maybe just to unpack it further and further, and this is something I've, we know we've, we've done on, on Green Planet, Blue Planet various times because I think it's important to understand purpose doesn't need to be a rigid uh, thing that is just this one way of looking at it, but really it, it has a lot to do with who we are as individuals. And so I'm really curious to know uh, more about how you define purpose and how you help people kind of guide into this. And, and I know this is also the name of your program and turn on the light that actually connects you to purpose. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So with purpose, I believe we all know what our purpose is. It's just the question. The question is not whether or not we know what our purpose is. The question is not whether or not we know we're here to do great things or not. The question is, are we ready to wake up to the truth of who we are and who we're meant to be? So there's a lot of different formulas out there to discover what your purpose is. And yeah, those are great. But the truth is until you've unpacked, as you said, all of the things that you are not, you are actually not going to step powerfully into a space of leadership or into your soul's purpose. So um, what I like to do really is it's the awaiting. The work that I do, there's three pillars and the three pillars are truth, love, and then impact, and then your truest expression. So truth, the top pillar is about being radically honest with yourself radically honest with those around you, having the courage to look at the areas of your life that are not 100% it, to discover what is, and then to show up powerfully to fulfill and do that work to make the change. That is the most difficult step for people because we it's confronting and it's not something that we've been trained to do is get uncomfortable and, and you know, um, in my case, dissolve most of my life that wasn't me. I, I, I'm not married anymore where I was in the past. It's I'm in a very different location in my life now because I had to get radically honest with myself. So that is step one. And can I pause for a second? Is that okay? Of course. Because I go. And so that first step is the most challenging because as I was just saying, we, we haven't been taught to go internally and ask ourselves those questions because Oftentimes we have to maybe step away from something. We have to um, drop our certainty that we've had in the past and really show up powerfully. So, and this first pillar is also about awakening. It's about really removing what you are not and doing that healing work, um, working on your trauma and reprogramming parts of you that are not aligned with your true identity, your true self, so that you can show up powerfully for your life. Totally. If I may like, you know, relate to that because it really sparks, um, you know, some like spontaneous insight for me about the state of the collective right now. And 
I've been going through this the last like six to eight weeks with this phase of COVID-19 being very real for people right now. There's a lot of space uh, on the individual cosmos and then on the collective cosmos to realize what am I doing? And then the things I am doing, am I just doing them for money? Am I enjoying them? Am I doing them for money and enjoying them? Am I like totally hating them? Is this actually creating frustration or bitterness in my daily routine? Right. And I think right now is like, such a massive portal for a lot of humans to have a little bit more radical truth in their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's bringing up a lot of stuff for people. And so we can either swallow it and push it down. And like I joke about, you know, shoving stuff under a rug. Well, you can keep, you can keep sweeping things under the rug, but eventually you're going to have people over and they're going to be like, what the F is under your rug, girl, like clean up your rug. Like, what are you doing over there? Because it becomes so obvious. Right. And so that's the first phase. And then the second part is love. So living and leading from the heart. So leadership is really about being a, embodiment of what it is that you want to see in the world, what you want to, um, how you want to influence others. And you cannot fully experience true love, unconditional love, or actually truly be in your heart fully a hundred percent without an agenda, without the, you know, it can being conditional if you haven't done the awakening work. So it's love living and leading from the heart. And then third piece is impact. And so when you're clear on those from waking up, you're living and leading from the heart, you know the impact that you're here to make. And then we help people dial into what do you want to be known for? What is your legacy? Who do you want to serve? And then doing that with your own unique expression of that, because we all have a different vehicle. We all have a different way. And I think that when we talk about purpose, it doesn't have to look the same as everyone else because you look different than everyone else. You get to decide, you get to make your own rules around how you live your life and how you serve. And, and that's what I'm really passionate about. Beautiful. I, you know, personally relate so much with this because this is a lot of what I portray on this podcast um, it has to do with planetary leadership and this like awakening into us being a collective, but not necessarily um, needing to follow the same old rules of government and economy the way we did, but that we actually challenged into new and uncertain ways because of, um, you know, all the drama and catastrophe that is still happening around the planet in, in so many ways. And so I think for me too, I had to radically become truthful more and more and more and more over the course of the last 20 years, which you know, for some people that's harder, for some people that's easier. I'm at this point in my own life where if I don't live out what I'm desiring, wanting, and what's in my heart space, it actually instantly creates problems. Like instantly shows me, nah, you can't go this way. Like there, it's blocked. Like if you go this way, you, you'll, you'll go back to suffering, right? And suffering. Yeah. On, on my journey at some point, I've realized it shows up and it's a teacher, but it really is like an optional teacher at some point because mm. pain and um, contrast is, is there to give you information and, and kind of guide you back to that sense of purpose. And, and, and I love what you say about impact because impact is kind of a notion of where your desire, where your truth fits into the rest of the world to create ripples of uh, positivity of growth of expansion. Mm -hmm. And also with that first pillar of truth and the awakening and the healing, you will not know what your purpose is. You'll create a life that isn't yours. I did it. <laughs> um, you'll create a company that doesn't 
you feel like it's quite it, you'll keep looking for answers until you find the answers within. So it's really a, a key piece. And just to add to what you're saying, Julian, is you said, you know, when you aren't doing something that isn't fully truthful or isn't aligned, it's, um, it's suffering. And so for me, if I'm like 1% out of integrity with my truth and, um, I get sick, like my body gets sick. It's like, I can't do it anymore. But in the past, it's like, I think of this, if you are a nutritionist or you've gone on some sort of detoxification program with food, uh, when you're eating all the food, you don't know what is causing what until you detox everything. And when you add the things back in one at a time, you're like, oh, I feel sick. And then eventually you're so sensitive to your own BS that you just can't do it anymore. And and that's how I live. And and it's it's great. It's a good measuring system, right? It's like, oh, no, that's not it. (laughs) 100%. And I can relate a lot to the detoxing process because, you know, fasting does that to you. Like Mm -hmm. uh, you fast uh, alcohol or meat or tobacco or... Uh, whatever else it is that, that, that you consume. If you fast this for as little as three days or seven days and you reintroduce it, you're having exactly that experience you just mentioned, right? It's, yeah. And so what that gets me to think of is like how to trust oneself, how to build this kind of radical truth that, that leads ultimately to more love and impact. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask you first, um, and then and maybe let's see where you elaborate into, into that with, with this question. What is required for you to trust? Mm. Ooh, just to trust in general. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, I listen to my body, um, and we can call it intuition. Um, I just listen to my 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 body with someone. So if I meet someone, I just know if I can trust them pretty quickly because my body is so tuned in that it's just like, yeah. As far as uh, the real world goes, as far as maybe doing business with someone or um, being in a relationship with someone and more the the day-to-day things of, is this person going to show up or can I trust them in this way or that way? Um, I would say consistency. Um, when someone's consistent with their actions and their words, um, that definitely builds trust. When someone is inconsistent, it, you know, it doesn't build trust. Um, unless it's been communicated. Like I'm going to be straight with you right now. I am, I'm super trustworthy and it's one of my top values is trust. And I'm also a very inconsistent person with things that don't really, aren't really like right in front of me. So a lot of my friendships and the people in my, in my life that um, maybe I don't see consistently when we do get together, it's bliss. It's like, I've got their back. Um, they've got my back no matter what, but it's not consistent where you don't talk every single day. So it's like, it's about being truthful to yourself and then being an expression of that. So for me to trust someone is for them to, first of all, for me to feel it in my body, who is this person? Secondly, if they're transparent with who they are and how they show up and they show up consistently the way that they say they are, that's how I build trust with someone. I love it. This is a really great distinction and also like the layers of it um, because, you know, one of the things that consistency is being named a lot, right. On, as an answer to this question. And, and like, I personally relate to that as well. Integrity, right. Which is like you honoring the word that you gave to do the things you said you're going to do, especially over consistent amounts of time. But then exactly what you said kind of meets this in reality is we all, not all maybe, but a lot of us like spontaneity. A lot of us like when things can just synchronously pick up in a 
almost random or chaotic fashion. And so it's almost like there is a, um, you know, like a perplex or kind of like opposite um, polarity between consistency and being very spontaneous. But I think when as an individual or as a group, we learn to communicate that clearly, there is a complete new pathway that opens up. And I love the way you just kind of unpacked that and, and you know, shared that that's, that's very insightful. Because mm -hmm. it also has to do with our true nature, right? So I'm very consistent in specific areas of my life. And then other areas, I'm like, hey, this is just who I am. So just so, just so you know, this is how I'm going to consistently be. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's exactly, I think, what a lot of people are lacking in their life is just like, how am I allowed to lead myself into just doing the fuck I, what I want to do, you know? And mm -hmm. because that's a great idea. And then often in the reality, it's like, ah, uh, let me actually play small and go to this job where I'm already safe or secure or follow the newspaper I already followed or follow the opinion my parents had or follow the opinion that whatever, whoever else has. And so, you know, in 2020, I think we're at a place of collective evolution where we realize this needs to be challenged as an operating system. And we actually get to upgrade our operating system, not by pretending that we know all the answers, but by living in this place of inquiry from which we can build a consistency that's healthy for relationships and also make space for communicating the, the craziness in, the, in a good way, like the, the good crazy that sits in every single unique being, right? Like totally. maybe there's a better word than good crazy, but I think people know what I mean when I say this. It's like yeah. your uniqueness is what makes the planet sing. Like if you're expressing your uniqueness, others will be inspired. And then, mm -hmm. you know, your gift actually turns into not just an income stream, but a way how you can impact other people and create connections that were mm -hmm. uh, maybe not visible before. Yeah, I have a story uh, to tell in regards to all of this where I had to Please break do. my own paradigms of how I show up. <laughs> so a few years ago, I went through, I went through divorce and I had a lot of changes in my life. And, um, at this time in my life, I was the busiest I had ever been in my business. And um, so lots of clients that I was serving. And actually in the agreement that I have with my clients is spontaneity and how I consistently show up. And if there's a huge opportunity or something that's really fun that comes up, I will totally, if you need to go and go on this adventure or whatever it is, it's all good. Um, I'll honor that as long as like you show up consistently normally. Like, of course, you're going to have like a hall pass every once in a while to like go and do that thing. And there's exceptions. And in my agreement, it says same with me. Like I'm also like spontaneous and every once in a while I might want to go and whatever. Right. And so I was, uh, gifted, uh, a ticket to Burning Man and I had never been to Burning Man before and I had every excuse not to go. And I had a lot of fear of going to Burning Man actually at this point in my life, because I wasn't in my full expression of freedom at this point. And I was like, I can't go. I was like in my head, I can't go old paradigm. Um, I have to, you know, I have, you know, so many clients next week. I just can't do it. And then I was like, okay, trust, be open, see what happens. Right. And I was like, I gotta like practice what I'm preaching here. So I sent an email out to my, um, my clients and like, Hey guys, like, I know this is like three days notice. And I know we have sessions all next week, but I was did a ticket to Burning Man and my soul is saying that I need to go, but I want to make sure it's okay with you guys. So, uh, if it's not, we'll work something out. And, um, but if it is, let me know. Everyone's like, have so much fun at Burning Man. And so I drove down to Burning Man by myself. Um, and it was quite the adventure and it ended up being like so, so aligned and so much magic. But the thing is I asked for what I wanted 
and I was ready to receive whatever the answer was. But most people in a space of leadership or whatever we're doing in our life, we don't give ourselves permission to ask for what we want or to listen to the nudges. The fact that I was offered like five tickets in a week and the fact that all these other synchronicities were happening, if I had closed that down and got rigid, guess what? I would have contracted my being. And I had so many lessons and blessings that came from that experience that it was a part of my journey that I needed to experience. So I guess the lesson that I want to share through this, my own story here is um, ask for what you want, listen to the signs and, and then be open to what comes because people will surprise you when you show up and ask. Yes, hundred percent. And I'm pretty sure in that example that after Burning Man, when you like gave your energy again <laughs> to your clients, there was so much more that you were able to offer and not just stories, but then also ways that, you know, people can relate, relate to. And I think this is to like demystify, you know, the, the coaching industry. And like, I, I work as a private coach as well. Is it's, it's mm -hmm. like, this is, part of the biggest gift in this is being able to personally relate, but then really bring it into like, where are you in your own way? Because we all have had phases like that and we're actually never finished. I think this is like almost a definition what it means to be a human is like, we're never at the place where we're finished and perfect. Like being a human being means that we're consistently dealing with uh, information on the emotional layer, information on the mental plane, information on the more esoteric metaphysical plane, information on the body layer, right? And Mm -hmm. information in the society around us and so there is no one literally no one out there who is like oh no i've got this all figured out um, yeah. i've done all my work uh you should just look at me as the role model well that's actually like when when you say that you've done all your work oh you have not done all your work and so i used to be yeah. like the old me, I, well, I've always been in like a lot of personal development workshops. I've always been studying and working with people. So um, I can't really relate to saying I've done all my work, but as soon as we think we have it all figured out, if you're in a space of leadership or in general, um, that's something to look at because the truth is we're all students of the universe, students of ourselves, students of others. And no matter what workshop I go to, if I go to a, a basic workshop, on anything that I think I know or I've studied, if I act like I already know everything and I'm not listening, I'm not getting the lessons because I can learn from a two-year-old. I can learn from a cat. I can learn from anyone. And I think that is the new space of leadership. And um, I would love to also, uh, Julian, share a little bit about uh, the four layers or the four levels of consciousness as well, if, if we have some time to talk about that, because I think it's really important to identify where we're at in that and where we need to dial up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really great rabbit hole to dive into. I, I want to relate that somewhat to a next question that I was just about to ask yeah. you because it fits into this context right now. And I'm Perfect. sure that that relates to the, like the, the simplified model of the four stages of consciousness, which I personally love. I think it's, it's very great to consistently look at simplified maps and then from these maps, go into great conversations, into a new process of inquiry and learn, right? Mm -hmm. So my question is around... Um, how we learn from past mistakes and so at a large you know humanity seems to have a very like interesting or slow process of learning from its past mistake and so the question is what do you think it would take humanity at large to learn from its past mistakes and not believe that we've all fig figured it out we figured out science there's nothing new we figured out business there's nothing new we figured out leadership there's nothing new and 
And I'm sure in some way or other, you can weave that all into that, that uh, consciousness diagram because it's, it's very much, I can already see it, how it, it, might, it might relate. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. I love that question. So the question is, how do we learn from past mistakes? Well, <laughs> so I was, I was journaling the other day and I wrote this thing, this line down of, um, we already have learned our lesson. The question is, do we want to keep learning it? And so for me, my old story was, um, I have to do this. I have to, um, I have to go to work every day and I have to work really hard or I had all these, I have tos. And so I think the first question, um, that goes with that question of inquiring, how do we learn from our past mistakes is to ask ourselves, are we, do we feel the way that we want to feel? And if there's an area of our life, maybe it's with finances, finances, um, there's a lot of contraction happening right now globally. Um, the first thing is to ask yourself um, regarding finances, something that you've done that you wish you had done differently. And you can do this in all areas of your life. And this is something that is infused to one of my up and coming programs and something I use a lot with clients is to clear karma. And so when we clear our karma, which is anything that we've done in the past that doesn't feel right, we actually gain new insights and we have the choice to show up differently. But until we've cleared our karma within ourselves, how we've showed up in our life with our relationships and all of that, we continue to go down the same path and we continue to maybe not learn the same lessons because we're just, it's just happening over and over again. This is where we kind of close our eyes and we go to sleep. And so this scale of consciousness that I'm going to share with you uh, can be related to relationships. It can be related to um, sexuality. It can be related to leadership. It can be related to money. It can be related to everything. But for the purpose of this, I'm generalizing it as a whole. And then there can be different arenas in which you assess. But as far as um, learning from your mistakes, the first question is, tell me something regarding whatever area of your life it is um, that you want to look at and um, that you've done that you wish you had done differently. So first that there, that's the clarity, radical honesty. Oh, I wish I spent money adequately in this area, or I wish in that relationship I spoke my truth, or I wish that I didn't do this, whatever it is. And then the next question is, tell me how you think this impacted you and others. Oh, okay. So financially, if I did that differently, oh, well, it impacted me this way because I don't have savings right now or whatever that is, or it impacted my family because of this, right? Do you see how this, this is starting to delayer? Mm -hmm. And then the third question is, tell me what you would do differently now. And so this is the place where you are literally going through, okay, this is what I've done. I wish I'd done it differently. This is the, this is the cost. This is the impact. And this is, I want to show up differently. It's very simple, but it's very powerful. And when you go on a very deep, deep level, like we do with this work, you clear it and you don't want to go back to old ways because you've changed it, it with inside of you. Yeah. So this is a really, really curious answer I find to the state of the world because that's why there is maybe not always learning from historic mistakes because it takes the willingness to actually go into inquiry, right? Mm -hmm. And as leaders, we have to ask ourselves these questions too, because there's this idea anytime that we're on some sort of pedestal, whether it's a stage, whether it's a platform, 
platform like a past radio or world leadership or in front of a lot of people that we serve, um, oftentimes we can get into the idea of I have to have it all figured out. And no matter what I've done, I need to act like it was the right decision at the time. And that's okay because we're constantly doing the best that we can with the knowledge that we have. But when we show up powerfully for ourselves and we do this evolutionary work, we can get clarity so that we can be better leaders in the future. And that's okay. Because I know I don't got it all figured out. I just know what I've got figured out and I continue to figure it out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, not to sidetrack you there from this, this model of consciousness that I want to hear about. But do you think this is maybe a reason why now there's a wave of like female leaders in political roles um, starting to happen across the world? Like New Zealand is a great example where, you know, we just had like a, a young female leader take over and like lots of positive headlines where there is just a maybe an increased ability of vulnerable transparency opposed to this like keeping strong face even if i did a mistake i will still share it and sell it as if that was the best way to do it you know which is kind of like the very old school paradigm masculine way to, mm -hmm. to like not lose face which maybe looks good short term short term but like clearly has the limitation of not being able to evolve past past this like strong man suit. Do you see a parallel there? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because as you were saying that, I was just thinking about the difference um, in any relationship, um, whether we're leaders or, or not world leaders. It's uh, when when someone is just like humble enough to realize, oh, you know what? Yeah, you know, I I did that and I could probably do things differently now. Here's what I learned. That's true leadership. And that's what people want because they, we want the human connection. But when we push things aside, and I won't name any names because we don't need to, uh, the polit politician a rabbit hole here, <laughs> is um, when we commit to our shit, um, it creates resistance within people that want to potentially see us as a leader and want to connect with us. And it creates more separation. So for like, you know what? I said that thing and yeah, it wasn't cool. And I've been saying that thing my whole life. I'm going to operate differently. People are like, oh, wow, they've learned something cool. Now I, now I want to connect. So I think that um, connection is more important than now more than ever before. And also uh, women um, in general, and I'm generalizing, is we can tend we feel more, we can be more in tune with our intuition. And I think because of that, we're more connected with the space of vulnerability than, than maybe some men, but I think there's a movement happening in general. So I think everyone is um, on that train, which is really good to see. Beautiful. So guide us a little bit more into this, this uh, simplified model of consciousness, which I think we're already starting to, to go lean into that with, with some mm. of the questions you, you, you offered us as like part of the inquiry process, right? Because living in inquiry, living withholding a question is when you get the best answers from the place of stillness, place of listening. Um, so what are the four stages? I'm curious now. Awesome. Sounds great. So the four stages, and I like to base this off of, um, there was an event that I created that I've now turned into a program that's called Turn Your Light On. And how this came to me, and I think this is really important because it really aligns with your show here, is I had this vision of looking down at the world and just turning people's lights on. I was like, do, do, 
do. And there are other people, other uh, leaders and helpers, and we're all doing it together in our own way. And that's why I love your show, Julian. This is beautiful. And, and it, our medicine, our awakening, uh, yeah, are um, the ways that we start to uh, turn our light on. They come in different ways. So it could be listening to a show. It could be from uh, being in a deep dive, um, you know, experience. It, it comes in different ways. So these four, these four stages are based on whether your light is on or off. And so the first stage is I want you to imagine being in a forest and it's pitch black. Okay. You can't see anything. And there's all these animals you're hearing like, you're hearing like all these different um, sounds in the forest, but you can't see anything. Well, when your light's off, your back's probably going to be against a tree. And uh, how do you think someone's going to feel if they don't have a light and they're in the forest all by themselves? And let's, let's, uh, let's, let's workshop this. How do you think they'd show up? Hmm. Dark forest, no light. Yeah. Well, I think there's two, two versions. One is you're really afraid and you like, you look just, you know, hide on a tree, under a tree, wherever. <laughs> and the other is maybe, maybe this is just like the hopeful version of me. It's like you develop some form of like sensing the space around you, like adapting to the darkness and you know, in that sense, like, but that's really actually turning a light on again, because you're <laughs> metaphorically connecting with just being okay with the stillness, right? So, so like, even though you wouldn't have a flashlight in that sense, you'd, you'd maybe be connecting with the, the level of light that's there. Anyway, those are my two answers. <laughs> okay, good, good, good job. Well done, well done, Julian. So when your light is off at this stage, I uh, can't see clearly. So the chances of you moving around and taking massive action are zero, because you you hear all these noises you're super sensitive um and you're not really able to take action so when our light is off we can have depression we can have a lot of anxiety a lot of fear we can feel stuck and in this space it's very difficult to take lots of action so one of the things that we can do in this space is um take actions that are numbing, to numb our senses, to uh, push down our fears so that we can be comfortable or feel safe. So this first stage of the stages of consciousness is, is having your light off. And it's a space of having fear, depression, and other symptoms of just not feeling like you can see anything at all. And the next stage of consciousness in the turning your light on is where you're in the forest, same situation, except for uh, you have a flashlight and your flashlight is on and then it's off. So it's flickering. And so what do you think it's like to have a flickering light um, in the middle of the night in the forest? Jillian, go. <laughs> Flash, flashlights are most helpful when <laughs> they're on and you're, you're illuminating the path. Yeah. So it's, it's on and then it's off. So, so in this space of having your light flickering, sometimes you feel really confident. You're showing up fully. Maybe you're like, yeah, I'm going this direction. I feel really great. And then other times you stop, you stall and you don't take action. So it's a space of expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction. And this is where you can show up powerfully for yourself, your purpose, and for your life, 
and then maybe you get triggered. Something happens in your life and you get triggered and then you go back into the space of having your light off, of feeling fearful, of having anxiety, of playing small, of dimming down who you are and going back to old numbing habits that make you feel safe. And so this is a space where a lot of people are in who, as I was mentioning earlier, are leaders, but they haven't stabilized in their light. They haven't stabilized within to, and done that deeper inner work. I feel like I've gone through like years of that, or like maybe I don't know where, where phase three is, but like phase three and then still falling back into that because you know, there are, there are lots of moments when it's fun and easy to shine your light. And then there are some moments that you maybe got good at shining a light regardless. But guess what? Like being triggered, uh, having challenges to deal with, solving problems that in retrospect aren't really such big problems. Like that's a normal in an entrepreneurial journey. That's a normal in a relationship. That's uh, maybe, I don't know if that's a universal truth, but that's kind of a normal in life that there is a contrast over which you grow and expand. And so... Yeah, like I had to actually like just to like really relate and, and um, connect into my, my honest, authentic truth here. I had to learn to just know who I am and keep that light on. But what then happens is some days just are a lot slower and it's, you know, I can keep the light on without needing to always push forward. Um, but I'm not on those days then deeply down and depressed and thinking I'm a loser or like I, I don't have anything to offer or, uh, you know, blindly following. Um, uh, the, the, the blind leading me in that sense. Mm, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And so in this stage, it's, it's really what people are craving most is, is stabilization is to feel really comfortable and strong within who they are. And it comes down to the healing work. So stage one is there could be trauma. There could be things from the past and it's just, you haven't had that opportunity to really go inwards and to clear it out. And then once you've done some of that work, it's your lights on and off. And these are the people who are taking massive action. And then all of a sudden you don't hear from them for a long time, or they're inconsistent, or um, they are, you know, challenged with maybe an addiction or a habit or something that is causing them to go downwards instead of really showing up powerfully for their life. Or maybe it's a relationship that they're addicted to. So there's so many different areas and I'm just doing the generalized one for the purpose of this conversation. Otherwise we'd have multiple charts out and we'd be assessing. So this, the person who's in this space really wants stabilization and just to be who they are and to have their light on. So stage three is your light's on, it's on. And in this stage, I know, right? Turn the lights on, turn the lights on. Turn the lights on. But the thing is, your light is so bright. You've got all this energy, you've got all this momentum. You're like, oh, this is fun. This is awesome. I've got all this energy. I can do anything. But what happens at this stage of awakening of consciousness is you've got so much energy that it's going in all directions. And it's like having a light in the forest that doesn't have it. It's not laser focused. It's just on. It's super bright, but you can't see too far to the right far to the left, too far in front of you. And so what happens with people who are at this stage, they tend to overcommit to projects. They tend to leak their energy everywhere. They tend to say yes to everything. And as a result, they get burnt out. They're not making the kind of impact that they want to make. They haven't found their true alignment because they're not working fully on their mission, on their path of least resistance in their purpose. Instead, they're probably lighting a lot of fires with other people. And that's great, but there's a voice inside of them that's saying, 
how come I'm working so hard? How come I'm showing up so powerfully? My light's on. I want, I know I'm here to do, let's say big things. I know I'm here to make a big impact in the world. I know I'm here to share something, but my voice isn't coming out. And there could be resentment that builds up. There can be, um, you know, health challenges that happen. And this is the space where a lot of people come to me where they're like, I am supporting so many different people and so many projects and it's great. And I'm not following my path. And because of it, I'm not quite fine tuned what my purpose is yet or what my soul's purpose is, or on a deeper layer, this can be a very uh, high level way of sidestepping uh, to prevent them from not showing up powerfully for their purpose, which is a way of self-sabotage. So this is a higher level of um, self-sabotage in plain small, and it's a part of the journey. So um, anything that you think you would want to add to this level of having your light on and like do, 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 going in all directions. I can relate. I guess that's, that's the, <laughs> the, the true answer is, you know, when mm-hmm. you wake up with a clarity, I've definitely been there like multiple times. And I'm assuming that like these four stages are, I don't know, but you, you'll tell us after step four, but it's not like once you've reached step four, you're there forever. There is a cyclical nature to life as I know it at least. Um, and so that's stage three, like being like super lit and giving your best to be awake in every moment and learning from your mistakes and own like, you know, owning your power, but also owning your, your shit in that sense. And like being really committed to be at radiant energy every day, mm-hmm. totally can lead to overcommitting to too many projects, totally yeah. being there. And so even the like slightly naive, but, really innocent inner voice it's like no but i really think i'm like like of value there or like this is important let's be all in mm-hmm. but then the actual process often looks like like high levels of excitement the first three meetings and then like suddenly a drop of excitement and like a big up of consistency in the way a group meets or a project of what could happen just like real steps of how it turned. Yeah, I think I've experienced like, and not just once, like I've experienced it over and over, even recently with, with group projects where it's like, mm-hmm. you just realize like too many people are in this fluctuating state. And so um, I'm curious for step four, but I think, you know, when we actually allow our, our full voice to come out and interestingly enough, I'm, I'm sharing, uh, you know, this is when I started the podcast when I started opening a podcast was like literally the same time where I was like, well, fuck this. I'm like trying too hard to make certain things work in a collaborative field that either I'm not ready for, or they are not ready for, or all of us are not ready for no matter what I'm going to now pivot to even get more authentic and more clear with what I have to offer because then from there things spiral. And so a few years later now I'm here with 200 episodes of this podcast because this is literally what happened in my own life. Awesome. I love that. And to answer your question is, yes, we can fluctuate through them all. And there's different areas of life that we can assess. And there's specific things you can do to stay in a place of stabilization and flow. Um, and we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> I love your authentic guide, guide journey. Guide the way. Great. Guide, the, yeah, way, guide yeah. the way. So the next phase, which is where we all really want to be. I know this is where I like to play is um, your lights on. 
and it's laser focused and it's like, boom, whoops, you can see really far ahead. And, um, and you know, what's going on around you. You are in touch with other projects, other opportunities, other people in your community, but you know what is yours and you know what is not yours. And so you don't get caught up in what other people are doing or people who are saying, you should be a part of this project, you'd be perfect. And then there's that high and then there's that low. There's not that low. It's just the stabilization every single day, every single way with every cell of your body, knowing exactly what it is that you need to step forward with. And everything, everyone on that path is presented to you in the right timing. And this is having your light on, but laser focused with your soul's purpose and the work that you're doing. And this is a space of bliss. This is where synchronicities come up. This is where magic appears. This is where everything happens for you at an accelerated rate. And people are like, how did you do that so quickly? And you're like, I don't know, this person just showed up or that just happened. And this is the state of flow. And this is where I help people go because it's like, once you go through those stages and you're here, you can live here and it can be easy. But the truth is you need to know what stage you're at, what are the symptoms and also how to strengthen parts of yourself, learn some ninja tools to quiet the energetic noise, not just, especially if you are a leader and you have a strong mission is you need to learn how to quiet the noise energetically. So you're not getting caught up in things that are not aligned with your higher soul's purpose of, of where you're really supposed to put your focus. And, and this is where everything happens. Really cool. I like the word stabilizing. I think this is, um, you know, this flow state is something that a lot of people know from like almost like helicoptering into it. And then you're like, Oh wow, this felt amazing. I got shit done in like half the time that I thought it would take me. And then, and then you're like coming back back down to earth right and so stabilizing into this where this turns into the new normal um very important honest share for me part of that new normal of where i am in flow very often and have like days where that is the case is to really be okay and embrace with the rest days with the um the days where like maybe that that quote i think it's an alan watts quote uh really fits in well here where, where he said Stop measuring your days by the level of productivity, but start measuring your days by the quality of presence. And so some days for me have an amazing output on productivity and some other days have like close to zero productivity. But what I've had to learn is that this is part of the interplay for me personally to come into more presence and play. And from play and presence, when that meets my focus and flow days, when that meets my... um, you know, purpose days, big prosperity starts to happen. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So this is like, and, and that's the thing. It's about really doing that inner work, having the right tools, the right support, the right uh, flow, the right clarity, really knowing yourself, knowing who you are, who you are not. Cause the truth is it's not about whether or not you're here to do great things. The question is, are you here to wake up to the truth of who you are and who you're meant to be? And so going a little bit deeper with what you just said, you said this sense of play, the sense of presence, um, and all of that. And that's really powerful because that's about knowing your true nature. And once you're at a specific level and you're able to incorporate your true nature, that is where everything happens too, because I can't be a guide and try to do it like everyone else, because it's not going to feel right. And I'm going to be out of flow, you know? And so it's about designing it your own way and showing up powerfully for that and giving yourself permission. And I think that's really beautiful that you shared that and that that's how you, that's how you flow. (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's learning, like a lot of unlearning, mm. actually, if you think of mm. society. Like where I grew up, like you better do the same thing every day from nine to five, you know? And so that, uh, you know, really early on, I realized that it's not going to be part of my journey. So take, take it home from here, because I know, you know, I know you're starting a course like really soon coming out in, in May. Um, I'm fascinated with planetary leadership. As you know, I have my own courses. Uh, I, I've taken many, many programs and still continue to do so because I know that there's, there's one thing I know clearly, and that's I'm committed to lifelong learning. And I think a lot of people listening are. And, and so where can people find more of this? Um, what's starting up? And um, yeah, how, how do we turn our light on in, in, you know, not a cliche way, but actually a way that sticks and that is authentic to our journey? Mm-hmm. Love that. Thank you. So this program, I'm so excited about it. It originally was an event that I had and, um, you know, awakenings were happening. People were having massive shifts. And since that event, it's been about five months. I'm seeing all of the participants at the event do some really epic work in the world. And I'm just like so excited about it. And um, so I've turned this into a 12-week program because I asked myself, how can I make this more integrative? How can I add more tools in? And how can I add more magic and support for people who are ready to show up more powerfully for the purpose and to really unlearn and learn new new skills in order to thrive. So it's a 12-week integrative program. It starts May 18th, so uh, soon, and um, it's it's going to be uh, blissed out. And it's all about moving through these four stages really quickly. It's ideal for people who are in that second stage, the lights on and off, you're showing up powerfully and then you're not, or maybe you're in a space right now in your business and you're looking to make a change. All of the work really is about internally. And then at the end, it's about wrapping it all together and what that looks like launching it into the world. So as far as finding out where you can get this, I think that Julian's going to leave a link for the program in the show notes. So you can check that out. And um, right now, because this is the first time I'm running it in this capacity, I've been teaching this work for, you know, years and, um, but in this capacity and with everything that's going on in the world, I'm lowering the price significantly because I I really want to make it accessible to everyone. And I just think it's a no brainer. I've also thrown in a thousand thousand dollars worth of bonuses plus a one-on-one session with me uh plus so many other things that are magical and it's going to be a really awesome container vehicle and journey and if it resonates and you're ready to show up more powerfully i'd love to invite you into this into the space of turning your light on and really being the leader that you're here to be in the world amazing thank you so much deidre for thank you um sharing about your program for leading us into this you know this this work that i totally agree with what you said like quite a bit earlier that even if this is part of your own path and and this this resonates for me because you know planetary leadership is how i call some of my programs i'm pretty sure that we can learn in almost every program something the moment we show up with presence and we show up with a willingness to learn and embrace and so i want to end this episode with my like you know favorite question um, simply because it gets people to zoom out on the timeline quite a bit. And that is a question about earth vision. And like, after all these beautiful things you shared now, applying those learnings and, and, and just kind of somewhere between your hope, your wish, your desire, or your vision for earth. Like if you were to go seven generations zooming out into the future, it's about 200, 210 years. Like what is the vision you have for this planet? What is the vision you have for a species? And, and what's, what's, um, what's in you there? 
Mm, okay, so I just got goosebumps as you were asking the question. So this is a real good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a great sign. Uh, the way I see the world, so I have a vision of what's going to happen with the world. Um, and what I would like to see in the world is for us all to come back to a space of community and living locally and, and yeah, you know, traveling and all of that, but really going back to grassroots of community sharing radical ritual and supporting each other in community because we all are one and the world that we live in right now, there's a lot of amazing things happening and there's a lot of I am you are and it's just not working anymore and so in an ideal world I see going back to grassroots uh, people living in community in different parts of the world people eating locally a big thing with eating locally is in Ayurvedic medicine and practices like we're supposed to eat where are where we live and so really going back and honoring the earth honoring ourselves, honoring each other and creating a system that is sustainable for the rest of the, the rest of our life and the rest of the world. Because um, right now we've been doing a lot of things that are harmful to ourselves and naturally it's showing up as things that are happening with, with the world. And because how we treat ourselves and how we treat each other is exactly how the world is going to manifest within us because everything is a reflection. So I see harmony. I see uh, community. I see uh, letting go of a lot of technology, even though it's beautiful. I see certain parts of the world potentially where we go and we jam on stuff like this, but maybe there's limitations on when we can be online. I just see dropping all of the illusions of who we are not and just showing up in a space of bliss, community, sharing our gifts and creating what we are here to create rather than creating these illusions of pedestals of who is better than who and who needs to be listened to because we all are leaders. And every time we show up as the most expressed version of who we are and who we're meant to be, we give everyone else permission to do the same. And so that really excites me. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Yeah, that's a beautiful answer to this question. People who tune in regularly know there's, um, I say that often, there's no right or wrong answer to that specific question. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I like to ask it because yeah. practicing and hearing each other in um, areas where right or wrong doesn't exist anymore and where it's really just mm -hmm. about listening mm -hmm. to what's coming through it is, um, it's a different way of connecting, I, I believe. Really beautiful. I like what you said about like limitations to being online. I think just to share my own two cents on this, I think people don't like limitations being put on them, but what if that limitation was to be born out of the desire? And I actually personally have that desire and I, I practice it. I'm online a lot and um, you know, some of it I love. I connect with my family back home in, in Europe. I talk to friends from around the world. I publish episodes. But because I do that regularly, I have full days or half days where I'm like, I'm done. Airplane mode off what am i going to do now and then i just want to like get as far away from all that as possible so i can honor you know another side of my like for everyone who's not seeing the video but just listening to it there's a crystal i just picked up you know honor this other side of mine that's like much more earthy much more connected to um you know feeling through the body and experiencing with presence mm -hmm. thank you so much for your time i love this conversation i loved everything you pointed at i think um, there's a wealth of information for, for people to connect with um, through you. I'm going to link it all, all out so people can find 
um, more of your work and find the course that's coming up in May. Thank you. Thank you. And that's that, another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights, knowledge, and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life, into your relationships, or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world. Because this is a movement and we're all part of it and we're in this together. We're here to create a world of a triple bottom line where you win, I win, and the entire planet wins. We're raising consciousness together and you know that. That's why you're listening. That's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Invite a friend to listen to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you, free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self, the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now, with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you and I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships. Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in, connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you and until soon.